0: You know, one of, the, one of the great fears of some of the medical stakeholders is that they fear that telemedicine will replace them totally um, in the future. But that's not how we see it. We see as telemedicine as amplifying the effectiveness of offline healthcare.
1: Texas Global, sparking innovative thoughts. that is up and coming and is definitely exciting is, uh, you could say, technology for health or health tech. We have it coming out in all sorts of different forms. Uh, today, we're going to take a look at one of the premier telemedicine providers in Southeast Asia, and that is good doctor technology. So, you're listening to the latest podcast episode of Texas Global Podcast with me, Chao Rat Yung the Texas Global Podcast host and also the global editor of Texas Media. Today, I'm very excited indeed to have a chat with Melvin Vu, the regional chief executive officer of Good Doctor Technology, or GDT, who's speaking to me all the way from Singapore. Hello.
0: Hey, hey, Kunpope. thanks for having Hi. me on this podcast.
1: Thank you so much for, as well for joining us here online. Um, to get everyone updated, for people who are listening to our podcast now, can you tell us a little bit about you know, uh, Good Doctor Technology and how it got started?
0: Sure. Uh, good Doctor Technology, um, we are actually a joint venture uh, between three very big companies, right? Uh, Ping An Good Doctor in China, um, Grab, of course, Grab, almost everyone knows Grab in Southeast Asia, and SoftBank, right? Uh, We started uh, operations uh, in December 2019 um, by launching in Indonesia, right? Uh, But what we see is that this collaboration between these three companies um, allow us to have fast development and excellent delivery um, in bringing affordable, accessible, and top-quality healthcare services through technology innovation. Um, Good Doctor Technology, we are headquartered in Singapore. Mm -hmm. Um, So we are a regional company, and so what we also want to do is to bring learnings from each country that we operate in um, and to customize and to suit um, local markets, right? Uh, So in a nutshell, we are a virtual healthcare ecosystem uh, where people in Southeast Asia can access, again, um, high quality, affordable, quick and convenient services uh, with the touch of a button, right? Instead of uh, traveling and waiting for doctor's consultation. Um, So our app or our services puts not only medical advice um, but also wellness program, care and treatment um, at people's fingertips uh, without leaving the home. So our mission very simply is one doctor for every family in Southeast Asia and as I want to emphasize again, we want to really put affordable, quick, convenient and effective um, health services to everyone in Southeast Asia. So that's what Good Doctor Technology is about.
1: That's exciting. I think that everyone really does want that for the whole region. And we'll go into detail a little bit about the region later. Uh, but mm-hmm. i just like to ask about you, know, you yourself, mm-hmm. and, and your background. Because having worked with uh, Grab uh, Singapore uh, mm-hmm. and scaling Grab's logistics business in Vietnam, Philippines, and Thailand, um, what made you as, as a, a professional uh, join or decide to join GDT? And, and mm. how have you been able to apply your past experiences with the company now?
0: Yeah, so I, I, I think for me, you know, in Grab, I have um, held many different positions. Um, logistics is one. I was heading up um, taxis as well in Singapore um, before logistics. And then after logistics, I was doing a little bit of uh, m uh, I think what, what really stood out in Grab was um, the ability to understand and find out what customers really want and need. And I think this is what I uh, impress upon all our colleagues um, in GDT as well, to understand really what our patient needs, what the healthcare system requires, and what, how we can really improve um, the, the health landscape in each country that we operate. I think at the heart of Grab, um, really is about understanding different stakeholders, whether is it driver partners, merchant partners, whether is it the governments, whether is it um, the users, the riders. Um, so it is the same that I try to bring this um, to, to good doctor technology as well. But if you think about it, um, why healthcare? And I think it's, it is really something personal for me as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I think you know about say you know I've joined good doctor technology for about three years Um, but prior to that I think five years ago my mother was actually uh, diagnosed with lung cancer Mm -hmm. and in Singapore so Mm -hmm. you know and I I, I still have that that vivid kind of memory when when we first got that x-ray and we saw you know a huge lump on her lung and it was from a GP clinic right and we were we were so frazzled and we were running around to different hospitals to try to get an opinion for her. Mm -hmm. And just imagine in in Singapore, when we went to a public hospital, it was so crowded. It -hmm. was so many rooms. You really Mm -hmm. don't know where to go and who to look out for. And Mm -hmm. imagine at that time of emotional stress. Yeah. Um, It was really, really stressful for me and my my parents. Uh, But I think the kicker for me was We went to, we got an appointment with this specialist. It's again in a in a public hospital. We went there because it was not an appointment that we made for a very long time. It was a very compressed appointment, it was something that we wanted quickly. So we waited for three hours, went into the clinic, the doctor took a look at the x-ray, and he said that look, I'm a cardiologist. Your mom your mom's lump is in the lungs, although it's near the heart, but there's no way I can have an opinion about it. Mm. And it's within three minutes, and then we realized that we had the wrong specialist to read my mother's x-ray. So I I think really at that time, I think to myself, there must be a better way of doing healthcare, a better way where patients in times of need have someone at the tip of their fingertips at the tip that they can consult quickly, have an opinion, and then be referred to the correct doctor. So, you know, within that time, um, you know, of my mom's treatment, when we have the the clinical data and things, and also what occurred to me was that patients really need their own data accessible by themselves at any time that they want, right? Because when you are tagged to a specialist, Particular specialist. The specialist actually hold your data, and if you want your reports and data, you have to go to the specialist and ask. And sometimes it's a little bit you feel a little bad because you want to go for a third or second or third or fourth opinion. But you know the data is re, the data lies within your initial uh, primary care specialist. But it's not with you. So I think healthcare is something that is close to me, and that I feel that you know with this experience, and of course after talking to different stakeholders within the industry, you realize that it is an industry that we can disrupt and it's an industry that we can uh, make it better. It's an industry that we can use technology to make it more accessible. And especially this is something um, you know, which I want Good Doctor to be is eventually to have um, you know, a, a way where all our users and our patients on our ecosystem will have easy access to their own data to make informed choices and then of course for our doctors and our partners to offer them the best care. So that, that's, that's a nutshell you know I, I know we rambled a little bit on no and on no no I, you, I, I
1: but... this is not no Belvin this is not rambling this is actually to the point I mean I think everyone listening can relate to to your story. I myself, have had to take care of um my father who sadly had passed away uh and and we in thailand also have i mean if you if you say you know in terms of healthcare systems i mean we are okay in terms of our standards but there's always that issue of knowing the right person and and going through public hospitals i've been through there as well as like a it's like a war zone <laughs> and, and then like even the private hospitals are, are are a battle as well even if you have insurance you know there's always that issue of who do you see who is the best a person that is um most appropriate for your case yeah like everybody yes. i mean if we could um you know be able to enable, uh, you know, ease in terms of ordering food, getting your coffee right. You know, why can't we get the yeah. same experience with healthcare, which is yes. so important to everyone? Um, yes. Before we, I, I think I'm going to switch it up uh, our talking points a bit with what I just uh, talked about mm-hmm. in terms of uh, we agreed to talk about ecosystems and everything. But I want to mm-hmm. ask. Um, I skip to the the point of your strategy then, you know let's mm-hmm. let's get to the nitty-gritty of you know the biggest challenge I think for a lot of companies who are in health tech is um, how do you work around or how do you collaborate or how do you find that you know that sweet spot in where you can have really efficient collaboration between the government, corporations yes. and, and hospitals. Um, yes. What is your strategy?
0: Yeah, and I, you know, that's that's a that's a fantastic question. Um, and and I, I think, you know, this is one of the big challenges wherever we go, right? Whether is it in Thailand, whether is it in Indonesia, or other markets that we may we may go to. Uh, and working with with um stakeholders is is important. But I think the other one, I, I will touch on that later. But I think the the most important one is to really first, um, really address the knowledge gap about telemedicine, about virtual health. I think that's what we see uh, when we went in, in, in Thailand or Indonesia, that people are not exactly well versed with what telemedicine means, mm-hmm. or what virtual health care means, right? Um, and usually we would take quite a long time to try to educate the market, educate the patients, um, educate various stakeholders. But, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, um, COVID actually helped us a lot. I think COVID, mm-hmm. you know, this, this COVID pandemic has really uh, brought the learning curve or the knowledge curve um, of, of telemedicine and compressed it, right? Within, like, you know, say five years, within a couple of months, right? That now it is uh, previously, you know, 12 or 18 months ago, um, with with the onset of this pandemic, it became so apparent how telemedicine or how virtual healthcare um, can really help elevate certain gaps within the health ecosystem that was quite glaring um, during this pandemic, right? We mm-hmm. talked about how hospitals, whether is it private, whether it's public, it became more like, as you put it, like a war zone during the, the, the COVID pandemic. It's like everybody crowds in hospitals, but what that means is also then means the transmission of the virus exponentially grows, right? So I think then governments then realize that they need what I call a gatekeeper, a triage, a a particular stakeholder within the whole ecosystem that can efficiently triage patients, which means that if you have really very minor symptoms please don't go to the clinics or don't go to the hospitals. You know, you can use telemedicine to treat it and we can deliver the medicine to you. I think that's the first layer. And then the second layer where after governments and the public knows a little bit more about the virus, how it spreads and as Mm -hmm. vaccination rates go up, Mm -hmm. and then governments then, then have decided to use whether is it self-isolation or whether is it home isolation as an effective way to treat very minor COVID cases. And I think that's where telemedicine and ourselves really shine because we were able to do that very effectively. And I'm very happy that the Thai government was also very progressive um, in, in engaging telemedicine providers like us to participate in home isolation programs, right? And we were, we were very lucky that, you know, as a very young company um, in, in Thailand, and at that time, we were only like six months old. Um, that you know, the NHSO, the Support Social, have asked us um, to, to participate in the home isolation. And within just a, a short span of time, we were one of the largest um, you know, acceptance of patients within um, Central Bangkok. Um, and we, we had numerous good feedback. Um, from from the patients who who used us, so I think what the pandemic has done is showed various stakeholders and authorities and governments that telemedicine um, is a integral part of the whole healthcare ecosystem, and and that's where we continue to engage um, various stakeholders um, like the governments um, and of course, you know at the onset. We mentioned that our strategy has always been an ecosystem strategy, which means that our technology, um, our systems uh, would be easily integrated into different partners' systems. If they have a system, we can easily integrate to them. Because if you think about it, virtual healthcare and telemedicine from our data, and as well as from um, the data of our shareholders in China, that only only roughly about 36% of people or patients that come on the platform that we can effectively treat them. Only 36%. The rest, we actually have to refer them, mm. whether it's to external specialists or whether to hospitals or clinics or labs. Because, you know, one of the, one of the great fears of some of the medical stakeholders, is that they fear that telemedicine will replace them totally Mm -hmm. in future. Mm -hmm. But that's not how we see it. Mm -hmm. We see as telemedicine as amplifying the effectiveness of offline healthcare, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Our thinking of an ecosystem and a virtual healthcare play has always been an O to O. Online, offline, offline, online. It is never to exist in isolation. It is always with the view of partnering with different like-minded offline stakeholder partners as well. So whether it hospitals, clinics, pharmacies, merchant partners, the whole works, right? So as I said, right, 36% only can be treated on the platform, the rest we have to refer. And yeah. that is hmm. that is the, the, the reality right offer uh, of telemedicine and virtual healthcare at least for the foreseeable future
1: some actually you know just the references uh is, is is more than enough for a lot of family members who who have to seek specialized um medical care you know for the, as we were talking about you know at the very beginning you may not even know which direction to go yes, to. And yes, and yes and that's that's what I think a lot of people just need. Um, but having, just as you mentioned, just having entered the Thai market about a year ago, um, you've, you've mentioned about your journey a little bit, uh, but how has it been overall and, and what were the challenges that you faced? And Was that one of the biggest challenges in terms of you know, getting everybody on board and understanding how uh, your company can assist the, the, uh, the, uh, the current medical system?
0: yeah i i i think it is it is really the knowledge gap that we are trying to bridge right it is a uh, uh, the it's always the frequent sort of education of of the market um of patients as well and of users of what telemedicine means the expectations of telemedicine what it can do what it can't do um and how we can be effective as well uh um, you know for us our, our primary model is a chat-based model, right? Um, you know, people are so used to video consult, like how we use video, um, you know, to chat and things like that. But our primary model is chat-based, you know, and I think, you know, for chat-based, there are, there are numerous advantages of chat-based consult as well. Um, it means that, you know, people, somehow I feel, you know, in, in a lot of our societies in, South, in Southeast Asia, chatting always, have this form of closeness and also, you know, like a, a, a friendliness towards um, the, the people you are chatting with. It's something people, um, it's already ingrained in them. Uh, so by using a, a chat-based system, we felt that it will also lower their knowledge gap as well because it becomes easier um, to to talk to our doctors. Um, and, and the other one, as I said, you know, uh, pre-COVID, um, because we launched in Thailand during COVID, so it's a little bit different. But when we launched in, in Indonesia pre-COVID, I think there was, a, as I said, a lot of um, scepticism. Uh, mm. There was a lot of worry as well um, that, that we are here to, to replace a lot of things. And because one of our one of the key things that we, we use, the technology that we use is artificial intelligence, mm-hmm. it's AI. Um, and that that enables us to to really bring our costs down and to serve um, more people at, at, at a single time. Um, but I think with with AI, you know, a, lo- a lot of uh, medical practitioners become worried because they are worried that you know AI suddenly replaces doctors. Um, but yeah. That is that is not the case, you know. I think I think re- what we see AI and I always like to give this this example of a previous colleague of mine who was an orthopedic, um, uh, he was a doctor as well, and he always mm-hmm. he always um put this um, frame this very nicely, and he said that imagine Iron Man, you know the marble Iron yes. Man. Yes,
1: yes. Iron mm-hmm. Man
0: has the suit, but and of course Iron Man does all the fighting and things like that, right? But what guides Iron Man? Is actually the voice in his helmet, which is actually Jarvis. And Jarvis is actually an AI system, right? Mm. That tells him, oh, the enemy is 350 meters away, you know, or his, his, uh, his, his missiles is low and things like that. So we liken AI as Jarvis to our doctors. The AI actually, our AI actually is similar to an off- offline clinic setting where it consolidates your symptoms, it asks about, Uh, your weight, your blood pressure, and things like that. So the AI actually aids the doctor in making more effective diagnosis, more effective recommendations, and also highlights things that the doctors may miss. But eventually, the consultations, the decisions, and the recommendation and the diagnosis primarily and fully falls onto the doctor's judgment. So AI is just a, a tool, uh for the doctors to use to make to make our consultations more effective and efficient
1: Mm, you know, I have to say that's a very good um, example, because a lot of our listeners, people who are reading or followers of Texas are Marvel fans. Are, our CEO <laughs> is also a Marvel fan. Um, you know, but you talk about AI. That was one of the things I wanted to ask you about, because when you talk about consumer adoption, it's a very tricky thing Um because I myself sometimes struggle with uh, speaking or chatting with AI as well, because the consumer kind of knows in a way. And, 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 and in terms of, you know, if you have a really um, pressing uh, issue, you, you kind of would want to speak to a person yes. or to con- connect with a person. How, yes. how do you go, uh, how, do you, yeah. how do you solve this, this, this problem? Yeah.
0: No, so as, as I said, right, I mean, uh, for, for us, when you come into our app, please be assured that you're always talking to a medical professional. The AI, as I said, is, is always at the start where it tends to gather all your necessary information um, before the doctors take over. and mm-hmm. so, that, so that it saves the doctor's time. So imagine, right, even if you go to a specialist clinic or you go to a hospital, before you see the doctor, there will always be a nurse Mm-hmm. Or a a someone you know in the clinic to either take your temperature, take your weight, ask about your symptoms. You know if you have fever, how long has it been, and you know take your blood pressure and then put it in a in a card, and then before you go to 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 see the doctor, it's no different here. Uh, that's what we are we we intend to do. Uh, AI takes time uh, to 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 be implemented. Um, you know, so it's coming to Thailand. We implemented AI in Indonesia. Uh, but in Thailand, you know, it, it, it we still take time. Uh, you still need to have lots of data to be able to train the algorithm. Uh, so in Thailand, we are still young. Uh, so, but, so as of now, when you come into our app and, and talk and, you know, initiate a consultation, uh, it's, it's really true talking to a medical professional um, and, and the, the AI comes later, as I said, um, to really um, help the doctors as well.
1: Now, um, you know, when you talk about Southeast Asia and whatever industry you're in, there's always the issue of, you know, we are a one region, but so different at the same time, you know, uh, you know, if you talk about the economy, people are uh, people living in Vietnam are, are you know, experiencing diff- different social economic situations to that of in Singapore or in Thailand. How, how do you strategize or how do you adapt to the different ecosystems in the region?
0: Yeah, um, so you, you know we we are in an industry that is very sensitive. I think healthcare is is a very sensitive, um also a very emotional kind of uh uh industry um, to be in. Um so what what we what we usually do is that when we enter a new market, we partner um with like minded companies. Now look, our strategy is is really threefold, right? We are predominantly a B2B and enterprise. Kind of company. So that's one. Uh, we, we also uh, look at um, health services, um, health service as a health services or health solutions as a service, HSAAS, uh, where we plug in into ecosystems and provide uh, the necessary medical and health care. Um, and working with the governments. Um, so so that, that has always been um, our, our strategy, um, going in with partners in the market to understand the intricacies of the health ecosystem. Um, you know, our we will send people into the various markets to really understand the regulations because as I said, telemedicine is new. Um, you know, some countries have stringent regulations, some countries don't have regulations. So we need to understand that. And, and of course, also understand um, you know, the type of of um, data privacy and data infrastructure that each country has, right? Because when you are in a health in your industry, like healthcare, uh, data privacy, data security is very, very key, right? For us, where we operate, we have physical servers in the country. Um, none of the data is being transmitted elsewhere. It stays in the country. Um, that is, that is um, you know, what we, we have always um, the philosophy of our our data protection. Um, So I think that coupled with partners, coupled with data, privacy, and and the respect of regulations, um, governments and stakeholders are usually um, very keen um, to work with us. And I think that that gives us a huge advantage uh, when we go into different markets.
1: Hmm. Now, you mentioned before that, you know, the, the, the issue of, you know, uh, the pandemic really did showcase the capabilities of uh, your company, uh, but then how do you transition that to the future, or how do you apply what you have done to what we're going to be seeing in the future trends uh, of health tech? Uh, and speaking about the future trends, uh, where do you see your company going, and where do you see the whole health tech sector going uh, in the future?
0: Yeah, so I think pandem- the, the pandemic highlighted the bread and butter of telemedicine and the bread and butter of telemedicine is really sick care, right? When somebody is ill, somebody has a symptom, flu, headache, fever, they come into a platform to chat the doctors, get their medicine, you know, and then get well. But I think the long-term play for health tech companies or telemedicine companies like us is really twofold. One is preventive care. Mm. Preventive care is a huge umbrella. It means wellness. It means, you know, having tools to really monitor your health, um, having tools to live healthily. So I think that that will be one of the largest focus for telemedicine companies and us including Right. And mm. including the governments as well. I think they will put a lot of money, a lot of budget, a lot of resources into preventive health, right? Preventing citizens from becoming sick, getting citizens to live healthily. Because healthcare cost is ballooning. Right. Whether I mean I speak especially, you know, where Singapore is. I mean, we see healthcare costs ballooning, um, mm. you know, and, and, and in, in very Southeast Asian countries as well. Um, so preventive care is one. The other one that what we want to do is how do we manage chronic disease? I think you know I can say in Singapore again you know diabetes is one of the number one chronic disease in Singapore I think Mm. in Thailand as well diabetes Mm. high blood pressure Mm. Um, how do we treat those? How do we use telemedicine as a way to enable chronic disease sufferers to be able to get their medicine more effectively, able to follow certain plans so that their ailments are reduced or even cured, you know, for certain Mm. diabetes conditions, diabetes type 2, is temporary actually. So if you have a proper meal, a proper meal plan, lower your sugar intake, your calorie intake, do some exercises, you can actually get better and recover from these sort of diabetic conditions. So there's something that we want to focus on as well. So preventive healthcare and chronic diseases, I think these two uh, will keep virtual healthcare platforms busy at least for the next, uh, you know, 5 years I guess.
1: I think the opportunities are definitely there as you just mentioned and, and thank you for for talking about that because i think a lot of people who are interested into following your footsteps or going into health tech would want to know where what to look out for where to focus on um do you have any further advice for those who are listening that are startups or, or companies that are looking into getting into health tech
0: yeah i i, I think one 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 thing, one one may one. If, I, if that's one advice that I can give, I mean, we we are very new in the market. Um, you know, we, we, we have not, um, you know, we have not ten years, fifteen years where I can give a lot of useful advice. But I think one advice is is really, you must be passionate about healthcare. Because I think you know, if you if you go in with the mentality that I want to scale it very quickly, you know, I, I want to be like right hailing companies or food delivery companies where I can scale and if I have a lot of capital, I throw a lot of coupons and promotions, you know, you mm. will be successful. I think you're in for a root shock. Uh, the healthcare, healthcare market, healthcare system is very different. Um, the heart must be in the right place um, and, you know, you don't need to have experience in healthcare. I think everyone, everyone has certain personal experiences uh, when they either go see a GP or, you know, bring the loved ones like, myself or even yourself as a caregiver, um, you know, you, you probably have, have experiences in, 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 in this um, field. Um, so if you're passionate about it and you think that something that you want to be involved and in, change it um, and, and really um, improve it, then I think it is uh, an industry for you to, to pursue further.
1: Wow. And lastly, would you like to, um, you know, uh, give any, uh, if people who want to contact you or work with your company, uh, how can they get in touch with you?
0: You know, I think one of the best ways um, is to really get the HR, because as, as I said, right, we are, we are predominantly a B2B and enterprise um, focused company. So if, you know, if you are, if you are in a company and if, if you want to make sure that you have health and wellness benefits that you know encompasses telemedicine as well please contact your hr and get them to to contact our my colleagues in, in thailand and we are more than happy um, to, to provide more information
1: Okay, and definitely for those who are listening and want to know more about Good Doctor Technology and Melvin View, you can always contact us here on uh, TechSauce at our website. And of course, uh, we'll have more updates on what's going to happen in health tech, as well as from Melvin Vu. Thank you so much for being with us here today. I think a lot of people, uh, I myself, gained a lot from our conversation. Thank you so much, Ka.
0: Thank you so much, Pumbupe. Thank you.